What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the weekly walk-off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And we took a week off from doing our normal Wednesday episode this week. We're back for the walk-off to talk baseball. And Pat, we only missed a few days, but we have a lot to talk about. Look at that. We take a couple of days off and the world ends basically in baseball, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it feels good to be back and talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So I was at the Phillies Marlins game in Philadelphia on Tuesday. That's why we didn't drop an episode on Wednesday. The Phillies put up a seven spot in the eighth inning. They came away with the win. It was so fun. And the NL East, it's slowly but surely pulling itself together, but the Marlins are still in it. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah. The Phillies can hit. They, yeah. they surely can. It's all about the pitching and defense for them. And as you said, the Marlins are right in it as well. I mean, first through last is only separated by four and a half games right now. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very competitive division if it is because no one has really broken away yet. Yeah, I was. I wanted a few things to happen. So before the game, Trevor Rogers was slid to pitch. And you and I have gushed over him this entire stud. podcast. We, we stand stud. Trevor Rogers on this podcast. He was scheduled to start. He got scratched the day before. So I was crushed about this, about that. But Jazz Chisholm homered. Zach Wheeler pitched. And the, Yan- and the, the Yankees, I don't know why, the Phillies scored eight runs. So everything that I wanted going to this game pretty much happened it was a little long it was almost three and a half hours but with all the action it was it pretty much checked all my boxes yeah listen seeing jazz homer is awesome yeah and i think we're going to continue it as you we've talked about before with that marlin young core very Mm -hmm. very cool cool to watch it's you know are they going to be able to compete in that division is kind of the question and i think they can hang around i still don't see a playoff berth out of it but Mm -hmm. you know they're fun to watch they can dream, right? They could dream. Still got a lot yeah. of season left. Listen, they're hurt by the non-expanded playoffs this year. Yeah. If it, if it was last year's format, I could very well see them possibly making a run. I think they're going to have some trouble with they, – they have to win the NL East, basically, because you're imagining two teams are going to come out of the West. Maybe three <laughs> with how the Giants oh, are playing. So it, you got to win the division, it feels like, to, to get a postseason berth there. Yeah, so before we talk about – our plan today, which involves two very interesting conversations about something good about baseball and something bad about baseball. I'll tease that for now. Are we in your section finally? Are we past yes. your date where we can start putting some stock in these records? We're there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So mine's about six weeks into the season. So we are most right. definitely there coming up on Memorial Day here. Uh, I, I would take stock in where teams are at this point. I, I, that is a legitimate chunk at the season this point. So I think you can start to make some conclusions off te- where teams are. It's finally started. We're finally there. Yes. We've got some, some teams that we sure as hell didn't expect to be where they are. Good and bad. Can confirm. Good and bad. <laughs> We're recording on Thursday night. The Giants put up 19 runs today. 19 in a game most runs in uh in a game this season by by a single team which is really cool wow. and you would not guess the san francisco giants would be the one to do it yeah That's which you would also not guess that sitting here on the day that it is on may 20th that the san francisco giants are in first place in the national league west with a full game lead a full game lead and two over and a half dodgers. over the dodgers yeah crazy all right so let's talk about what we're actually going to talk about where we will start 
with the White Sox drama. And the drama doesn't center around them having a two and a half game lead in the AL Central. It doesn't have anything to do with their injuries. It doesn't have anything to do with their 26 and 16 record. It has to do with their manager, Tony LaRusso. <laughs> and I'll set the scene a little bit to the best of my ability. So the White Sox are playing the Twins in a prior to the season glorified rivalry i have a very important question for you later actually i've been thinking about it all day but this prior to the season twins white Sox, one of the best division races that we have all all year and it was just an absolute route the white Sox are winning 15 to 4 yerman mercedes walks up to the plate your front runner for the al rookie of the year probably the unanimous front runner right now he's facing uh, actually, I'm not even. Oh, he's facing Williams Astadio, correct? A position player, yeah, nicknamed La gotcha. Tortuga. <laughs> he's out him. there. Actually, this is his second pitching appearance, which says a whole lot about how the twin season is going so far. It's I'll a touch 3-0. on that later. It's a three out count. Williams Astadio throws a meatball over the plate, and Yerman Mercedes hits a home run. Sixteen to four. White Sox win. And then Pat, please take it from here. <laughs> and then White Sox manager Tony LaRusso proceeded to blast his own player in Yerman Mercedes, calling him clueless after the game, which is, is quite the way to describe your own player. And then the next day saying why he did so so publicly was because he wanted to teach a young player a lesson. Now, I'm sure we all really appreciate Tony LaRusso trying to educate today's Major League Baseball players on how to play the game. But I, I know you said you feel very strongly about this. We haven't discussed this off air. Um, I, I, we've, we talked about it from the beginning. It, this Tony LaRusso hire never made any sense. And I think it has taken, what, six weeks into the season to see that it doesn't make any sense. I, how you can get upset at a player for swinging 3-0, doing his job, and hitting a home run. I do not I do not understand. I do not care what the score is. We see comebacks happen yep. all the time. This is baseball. This isn't basketball. You can just dribble out the clock. This isn't football where you can take a knee. There are 27 outs. You got to get regardless. I, I couldn't care less. So should you just give up your at-bats at that yep. point then? Do you just strike out every time, swing at every single pitch because, you know, you're up by 10, 11 runs at that point? It drives me insane to think that players should just mail it in. The Minnesota Twins have a position player out there. Like, I just oh, – I, you can hear it in my voice right now. It gets me so angry to think about this and to go to that line of thinking as they should just lay down and finish this thing out. No, go up there and swing. So I take it as two sides and it's two very different conversations that you can have and that you and I will have. The yes. first is the game situation and everything you just said. And the second is how Larusa managed it. So I'll start with the game situation and I'll echo everything you said. The thing that bothers me the most is that people have become obsessed with this 3-0 count. What yes, I do agree with that. The big deal. If Yerman Mercedes had taken that pitch and then homered on the next pitch in a 3-1 <laughs> count, I would think that it, the situation would be different, right? Yeah. Oh, I think so 100%. And I have no reasonable explanation as to why that would be. 
except that it is in the unwritten, and I hope you can hear my air quotes, the unwritten rules of baseball written by guys like Tony Larusa, guys who don't play the game anymore, guys who haven't been involved in the game for years. Just, I, I'm going to be like old farts who are just so far removed <laughs> that they're not in tune with the players right now. And it makes me so upset because the first thing that caught my eye about this whole situation, even before Tony LaRusso spoke, the twins broadcast expressed their dislike. They didn't express their dislike that they were down 12. They expressed their dislike that Mercedes swung at a 3-0 pitch. If this is the type of discourse we're going to have about a team putting up runs, about a player that's as fun to watch as Mercedes, whose career, who makes a living out of trying to hit home runs, what are we doing? What is the game of baseball doing? And then for the manager to go out and blast his player the way he did, I think is... Mm -hmm disgusting i cannot believe it i think baseball is going in the wrong direction if people agree with larusa believe in it believe that mercedes has been punished but it does make me feel a little bit better that at least on my twitter at least in all the discourse i've yes. seen from players it has been very lopsided in that favor as in everything that we've heard about this has been ridiculous and she, he should be able to do whatever he wants to do. And if that involves swinging at a 3-0 pitch, then maybe the Twins should just be better and shouldn't have put themselves in this situation in the first place. It seem, uh, to your point, it seems that a lot of the players do get it yeah. and are more on that side of things. I mean, Trevor Bauer put out the big Twitter post about saying, if you hit a home run off me 3-0, good job. Like, celebrate it. Yeah, you're that's, supposed, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I do, I, I appreciate that from Bauer. Like Marcus Stroman said the same thing. Uh, it's, it, it's people trying to hold on to baseball in a past time that are really trying to hold it back here. We, as we've talked about, we're in a new era uh, of baseball. We have one of the more exciting cores of players in the sport right now. Go freaking celebrate it. Yeah. Do you think I was mad last night when Ronald Acuna Jr. hits a walk-off home run and is flipping out while the Braves are three games under 500? He's bat-flipping, he's screaming at his dugout. Am I going to get upset about that as a Met fan? No! If Francisco Lindor did the same thing, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. I don't – it's it's the Tatis situation from last season. I don't understand why we get angry about players – doing their job if Steph Curry hits a three up 30 points should should someone flagrant foul him the next yeah. time down <laughs> yes like is that is that the response we're looking for like if a running back breaks a run up 30 points and runs for 70 yards should someone take him out on the sideline yeah, because he did it points. just there's it no comparison that, between other no, sports there's not it might it sounds ridiculous what I'm saying because it is ridiculous it doesn't make sense. And I think this goes back to a larger point on La Russa too. As I said, we discussed it. This, this, his hiring of manager 
never made sense from the start. And I think it is concerning for the team that I said going into the preseason or in our preseason preview is my American League favorite to get to the World Series. And I think they've supported that this season with how they've played so far. I'm concerned about Larusa being at the helm of it because I don't think he's in touch with the sport. And I sure as hell don't think he's in touch with the players right now. You have this situation. I know it kind of got brushed over earlier in the year, but I find it a little concerning that he came out and said he didn't know that there was supposed to be a runner on second base yes. in extra innings. Yes, it's just like that, that. Yeah. What that does, that tells you that a year ago, he didn't watch the sport. Mm-hmm. And now he is the manager of a team that is one of the favorites in the American League. I'm concerned, and I do think this goes in as a bigger situation. I mean, even he talked about it with Lance Lynn, and Lance Lynn came out supporting Mercedes. Yeah. You know, talking about that, he think he did the right thing. And LaRusso's comments the next day are Lance have a locker and I have an office for a reason. Are you kidding me? You're going to blast now your best pitcher as well. It's, it's going to be a situation to watch all throughout the summer because it is such a, it is a square peg trying to go into a round hole here. And it's such a talented team that I genuinely believe that this is going to be one of the storylines of the summer. Yeah. Which sucks. It it genuinely sucks because the White Sox have been as good as they are without Eloy Jimenez, without Luis Robert. Yerman Mercedes has been their guy. This has been the guy, one of the best players in the sport. And he's a 28-year-old rookie, and he's in the storylines because of this. I wonder, I actually haven't heard anything from Astadio about this whole thing. Have you? Yeah. I no, would I haven't like, I would like to hear what he thinks, because I bet he does not care one bit. Why would he care? What does it matter to him? Yeah, exactly. He was forced into that situation when it's a 15-4 game. I think all hope is pretty much lost and the guys are just out there having fun. He missed on a pitch. What I want to get into is the, the aftermath of it because you mentioned the Lance Lynn comment and then also, actually, I'll get into the Twins thing after. Focusing on the Lance Lynn comment. As the game has evolved, I think the relationship between a manager and his team has become even more important than it was in years past. You see the magic. That's the only word I have to describe it. The magic between Alex Cora and the Boston Red Sox. You even see it with somebody like David Ross and the Cubs. These guys just have so much respect for their manager. And the manager gets so much more out of these players because there's such a harmony in the clubhouse. You are seeing the exact opposite of that in Chicago, in the South side of Chicago. What's one way to alienate your players to say that you don't respect them, to make a comment Mm -hmm. that black and white and saying, that's the reason why Lance has a locker and why I have an office. I could not believe he said something like that. No, it was it, ridiculous. It it's so disrespectful himself. to your point. It's yes. so disrespectful. The players now, I, I, I'm having a hard time putting this into the words because it's so unbelievable. The players, I wouldn't be surprised if they have no respect for Tony La Russa. Yerman Mercedes wants nothing to do with Tony La Russa. I actually think up to this point, we haven't seen too many in-game blunders by him. Like I remember one situation where I think he intentionally walked Albert Pujols and everybody was freaking out because 
it's not 2011. Albert Pujols, yes, as we've discussed, that. has been that was a, recently. That was yeah, a below ago. average player. You can you can pitch to him now. Tony Larusa is ten game ten years behind. But other than that, I haven't thought about Tony Larusa too much, which I think is a good thing. But yes, for now, it to be in the headlines like this at this scale while the team is doing so well, it brings up every single concern that every single White Sox fan and even more generally baseball fan has had about how La Russa was the perfect man for this job. It makes me throw mm-hmm. that into question. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think tactically we haven't seen too many things go wrong, which is you know great. I, I think the concern all along was can he connect with the players? Yeah, chemistry. And uh, exactly. And we've seen it, you know, six, seven weeks into the season that it's definitely an issue. Yeah. So it's, we'll see where it goes. So but, the um, last, the last thing I want to say before we go on to our next thing is I think the twins made this situation even worse. So I mentioned oh, yes, Astadio. Yes, they did. I can't, I don't know how you don't think anything in that situation as besides like that was a bad pitch by me. My, my bad. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have given him such a meatball. <laughs> I don't know how you think anything <laughs> different. You're pissed because you lost, but you're not pissed about a guy just playing the game and doing his job. That is, a, he is legitimately doing his job. Then yep. the twins, the very next time they see Yerman Mercedes throw behind him and Tyler Duffy just got suspended for three games. Why would a team, and I actually, I'm not sure if Rocco Baldelli got suspended, but he might've gotten fined. But he was involved somehow. I saw his name in a headline. Why would a team, what's the expression for this? Like, why would they get caught up in it? Why would they take offense to it? Yeah. Why would they get involved in this discourse? It's just the way the game goes. I think everything you said a while ago, just about how exciting, how excited fans should be about this young core for then. It's one thing to hear. Tony LaRusso say it's one thing to hear the old white guys doing the broadcast say it on the losing team I should mention but to see the twins pitchers conspiring to throw behind Mercedes that just didn't sit right with me at all and that is the one part that or the one part or the part that does really concern me from this is because as I just talked about I feel like there's a large part of baseball that's on the side of yeah let them play hit the home run but there clearly is still that contingent that wants to hold it back and wants to fight for their honor. I say in air quotes and feels the need to throw at a guy for hitting a home run. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I, listen, there are times where I understand it. If, if you've got pitchers intentionally hitting batters, I totally understand retaliation there. There is no re there is no retaliation because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So it, ugh. I don't get it as well. I'm with you. And I think that only compounded the issue and dragged it out even longer, which I can't imagine Major League Baseball is coming up with. It just makes them seem like sore losers. I mean, they have no pride now. They have nothing yeah. to be proud of. The Twins are 14 and 28. <laughs> They're having a tough time <laughs> anyway. And then to be involved in this, it just, it's not a good look. It's embarrassing, frankly. And it makes them seem like babies they can't compete with the White Sox. So now they're going to go around and do this. And that's going to be their way of quote unquote, winning the situation. No, it's not a mm-hmm. win. It just makes you look even worse. No. Completely with you. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, like you said, if this is going to be the storyline, if Tony Larusa is going to have even more eyes on him now because of this, which I'm sure he will, 
man, that's the chemistry in this clubhouse is just going to be so affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to imagine the players are on Lance Land and Mercedes side. Yeah. So it's uh, that's not the thing you want to see popping up for a team that is playing as well as the White Sox that have to worry about getting into an internal battle with your manager. Right. It's, not, not what you want to see right now. So. No, no, but that the White Sox are one of the most fun teams to watch right now. And and the thing, the fact that it happened to Mercedes too, it could have been anybody, but Mercedes, mm-hmm. one of the best hitters in baseball, the one 28 of the best stories this year rookie. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy that he's in the storylines yep. for this now. Yeah, it, it is. So we'll, we'll see how it continues. Now we have something a little bit more fun to talk about. Actually, that was fun for me to talk about. But better for well, baseball, I should say. You say, is it fun to talk about? Is it fun or is it not now Ooh. at this point? I think that's part of the conversation, right? <laughs> Very good segue. So for the first time ever, we saw consecutive no-hitters on back-to-back mm. nights. The fifth and sixth no-hitters of the season. Spencer Turnbull on Tuesday night, no-hit Seattle. And then Corey Kluber... The maligned Yankees rotation that we've been talking about for a few months, Pat. Kluber yep. went out and no hit the Rangers on Wednesday night. I guess I'll just I'll throw it to you. What what do you think? Is this good for baseball? It's it's funny because I still stand to my point from what was it a week or, or two ago? Yeah, we that, also nope. just had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it, it's because it keeps happening. Yeah. But it's you know, no hitters as a entity, I think are a good thing. I listen, it's insane that we are now one off the modern day record for most no hitters in a season. And we're sitting here on May 20th. Yeah. That is, it's crazy. It's happening at a frequency we've never seen before, but do I think it's a bad thing that Spencer Turnbull can, can throw a no hitter or Corey Kluber can come back after all the injuries and, and, come back and end up throwing a no hitter on the mound in Texas where he got hurt, you know, last summer and only threw a third of an inning or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I think that's an awesome story. Yes. Um, I'll give you an interesting point. Wh- why I feel that I think the no hitter has gotten some negative press around it this year. Look at the names who have thrown it. It's Joe Musgrove. It's Wade Miley. It's, uh, you know, it's Spencer Turnbull. Corey Kluber is probably your, your biggest one so far. It is not your Max Scherzer, your Jacob DeGrom, your Clayton Kershaw. And I think that that has, in some people's mind, distorted how special a no-hitter is. It's saying, if Spencer Turnbull can go out there and throw a no-hitter, why do I care? And I'm going to be honest with you, I completely disagree with that notion. I don't, I, to discount putting away 27 hitters and not allowing a single hit, I still think is one of the coolest accomplishments in all of sports, but we know what sports are like now. We know what the focus is on star players. It's, did you see LeBron last night? Did you see Giannis last night? Did you see the Kyler Murray highlights? It's, it's gone so far away from kind of that team and been more star player oriented in sports. The fact that you just brought Kyler Murray right now, right there. Sorry to interrupt you, but of all the football players, I I, I was thinking more like new age type quarterback. There you go. Yeah, true, Um, true. It's we've seen kind of sports culture shift in that sort of a way. Totally. So I think that when it's, you know, your Wade Miley's, your Carlos Rodon's, your, your Spencer Turnbull's, I think that's part of what's leading into it because otherwise I don't understand people getting so upset about no hitters. They're awesome. Right. Yes. 
So I have a few things. I thoroughly agree with your point, which means I thoroughly disagree with the idea that it's distorting it. In my eyes, it makes a no-hitter even more special if a guy like Spencer Turnbull can throw one and a guy like Jacob deGrom hasn't yet, right? Yeah. Because it's just the confluence of so many factors. It doesn't matter how good your stuff is. It matters the team. I have a couple of comments to make about the offense part of this, but. Oh, so do I. Don't worry. (laughs) Your defense behind you and the ballpark you're in and the weather. There's so many different things besides just your pure stuff. But the two guys that it has happened to in this past week. And the fact that I just said that sentence is insane. It goes into my point that I've been talking about since the baseball season started that no hitters without a doubt happen to the people with the best stories. It's insane. Corey Kluber <laughs> threw it through his no hitter. I love the Kluber Texas. story. Like that is yep. crazy. And then Spencer Turnbull led the majors in losses in 2019, two seasons ago, he had more losses than any other pitcher in baseball. And yes, he's on the Tigers, but still, there's always just such a cool nugget from these stories. My, my only hesitation and something that has me going back a little bit on when literally a week ago I said that no hitters were good for baseball. It just, it's a little bit too much. <laughs> it's a little bit too much. And now it seemingly every single night I get a notification from ESPN saying somebody has a no hitter through five or six innings. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need that. I don't think we should ever be at a point where a fan is, well, I say this as a very general baseball fan that just loves the game so much that I, I like the inner workings of it, not as a fan, but I'll be honest. I was hoping Corey Kluber wouldn't get the no hitter just because I didn't feel like having back-to-back no hitters was great for baseball. I, I just, I don't even know if I can put it into words, just something about the optics of this many no hitters happening doesn't seem that great to me. And the feat in and of itself, the fact that so many of these pitchers have ended droughts for their teams that have been so long, Joe Musgrove, most notably, even the Yankees drought was so long. David Cohen being the Mm -hmm. last one, those in and of itself are really cool. But the fact that they're happening so often, I don't, love do you agree I, I think it's a fair point so i listen i'm okay with them happening on back-to-back nights i actually think that is going to be now one of the cooler statistics to look yes. back at hopefully it never happens happen. again yeah yes exactly exactly so i i'm more than okay with that but it kind of to the point that i brought up the last time what i think this no hitters thing if we take it in more of a holistic approach it's how rough of a spot mlb offense is in right now yes this is and, where I wanted to move the conversation. Yeah, it's a serious point. And yeah, it, I'm so I'm watching the Yankee game last night to see a Kluber point this thing out. They go to the ninth inning, and what does that graphic show? The Yankees had four hits, yeah. and the Rangers had none. There were four hits in that baseball game. Uh, there, it is pitching is so far and away ahead of the hitting in today's Major League Baseball that that is why you're seeing it consistently now. That <laughs> we've had six through the first couple of weeks of the season the seattle mariners as a, as a team are batting 198 that's oh their team average that there are multiple teams that are sitting around 200 
they can't hit. Teams can't hit anymore. It is incredible with what teams are facing with. You know, it's not even the starting pitching. We all know about it's relievers that really crushes games down in the ninth, not even in the ninth, but in the later innings where you've got guys coming in fresh, throwing everyone throwing 100 miles an hour. It, it's difficult for the hitters, and that's why I think baseball's biggest challenge moving forward is finding a way to put more hits into the game. I don't know if that is shrinking or expanding the strike zone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's banning the shift and and making it that there are position players, a a set amount of players on each side of second base. I don't know if it's, it's just, there are so many different ways that they could go about it here, but I think something's got to change. And what I do think is going to change. And I don't even think it's a matter of if it's when at this point, the mound is getting moved back. Yeah, It's just when I think it is when there's it, it, I will be shocked if in the next, if we wanted to really go out there 10 years, but possibly even five years, that the mound is not moved back a foot or two. It's just pitchers are too dominant right now. And there's an argument to be made that that's not a problem. It's awesome to see these guys go out there every day and dominate the way that many of them have. But when it comes at the expense of action in games, as we've seen more than ever this year, I think it's a concerning trend. Literally, exactly. Something you said made something click in my head. The reason why I didn't want Corey Kluber to fulfill the no-hitter was because I don't want the casual fan to Mm -hmm. see this many no-hitters happen and think that it's not special anymore. That's what I'm afraid of. I think it's very possible. And now I think people that are already down on baseball for a lot of the things that we talked about earlier that don't have to do with (laughs) any of the game action – are going to see this and think, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like pitching's easy. Pitching's easy. If we're seeing yeah, seven, exactly. I, I'm going to say seven, even though it's historically six, but we have seen seven no hitters this year because of mad bumps. Gotta love mad bumps. Seven yep. inning. Um, it just takes away from the, the specialness of it. And I actually think that is a great way to spin it. One of your few positive spins. I love that. <laughs> We will probably never see two new hit, two no hitters on back to back nights ever again. So that will be history, which is very yeah. cool. But I'm just hoping awesome. from here on out, it'll become a little less frequent. So it doesn't just become a discourse about how common no hitters are. The reason why they are becoming so common is because pitchers are light years ahead of hitters. And I've said that same exact sentence before. The other thing to take it even a step further from what you've said, there have been six no hitters this season, Pat, three teams have been no hit. Yes. All American league teams, by the way. So take that universal DH. (laughs) (laughs) The Indians, the Mariners and the Rangers have been no hit twice. It's a phenomenal stat. That is absolutely mind-blowing. If your jaw isn't on the floor after hearing that, I'm sure you've already seen it before. It is absolutely insane. And what's even crazier, I'm pulling up the standings right now. Cleveland is 23 and 18. And they can't hit. No hit twice. Are you kidding me? What does that mean about the state of offense right now? Right now, that is so much more of an acute yeah. issue than anything mm-hmm. else. We could spend—I've said it before—we could spend 
hours dissecting every single no hitter and how cool it is to see these guys do things that they've never seen before. That's why you and I fans of the game will watch it every single time. And it's still so cool to see no hitters being done. Even somebody like Kyle Higashioka, Kyle Higashiyoshi's tweet saying this was the most special thing I've ever been a part of. That is so cool. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. But now we have this narrative of offense has never been this bad and we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be seeing that. No, we should. And to your point of, you know, what does it mean that the Indians are five games over 500 and have been no hit twice? It's that it's exactly what the Tampa Bay Rays have been building their teams around. It is pitching, 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 relief pitching, and hit home runs. Yeah, that, that is what baseball has turned into. And it's it's tough as someone that loves the sport so much to see it go that in that direction. Because as we talk about how exciting, I think that a lot of the players can contribute to be. But I do not like the overall direction that the sport is heading in in that way. And I do want to see there be more of a balance for more balls to be put in play and more hitting happen. Like, it's unacceptable to have multiple teams hitting around 200 yeah. about to move into Memorial Day. A team average around two. We're not talking about a couple guys around that. That's the entire lineup hitting around there. And there are multiple teams around it. So it's, as we said, I think the no hitter conversation in itself is so interesting. Right. And listen, we'll see how it progresses throughout the season. Like, are we having the same conversation if we finish the year with 11 no hitters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I do think it really leads into that greater question of the direction that baseball is moving in where baseball is right now. And, you know, how do we find that more action in the sport? Yeah. And, and the logical next question is what steps do you implement to change that? And it has to do mm-hmm. with the shifts and the strike zones and. Oh, mounds, it's going to change the game as we know and it. all that. It's yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be just a, you know, a, a tiny little move. It's going to be some big rule changes and there's a chance we see them soon. Because as a reminder, the collective bargaining agreement is up this winter. Yeah. So that is it's a be so big ugly. chance for baseball. Yeah, it's going to be incredibly ugly. But that is an opportunity for some rules changes to go into effect. So my last... again, you want to look at storylines? There you go. Yeah, seriously. That's the other thing. If we go through the whole rest of the season and there isn't one more no-hitter thrown, what's the discourse then? People calm down. People right? calm down then. It's yeah. just, it's so much about the timing and it's so much about the teams and something that I've been thinking about that I tweeted yesterday and make sure to follow us on Twitter at did you hear pod so we can have these discussions on social media too. What would the discourse be if Corey Kluber went out and no hit the Astros or the Red Sox or the Dodgers, then you have a whole, that's a whole new ball game because then you're shutting down or the blue Jays, even some of the best offenses in the league I think another reason why there has been some fatigue around it, and I say that personally, I, I've just I felt this fatigue around the no hitter, which I I hate that I feel it, but I do. It's because it's the same teams and the same mm-hmm. offenses that can't hit to save their lives. And yeah, yep. the Mariners are fun because they have Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert, but I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not on the edge of my seat watching these Mariners games because their offense just isn't it. If a pitcher no. were to go out and no hit one of those offenses that I mentioned that are top 10, even top 15 in baseball, like some upper echelon of teams, then we've got a story. Then that is a feat that somebody hasn't done before. I'm not taking away from anything that the seven guys have done this season at all. I, 
hope it's clear that the feat of a no hitter, I can't even wrap my head around, but I think the next step is to think about it happening to a different team only because now (laughs) the norm for us is to see three teams get no hit twice. It's unbelievable. It, it is. So I, I think you're completely right. Centering on the no hitters. I do think a part of it is the names that have thrown it. Yeah. I think that that has, has led into, especially people outside baseball kind of devaluing it I a little thoroughly, bit. Thoroughly, I do not like that point at all. I thoroughly No, I don't either. That. It, yeah. it really bothers me, but I think that's part of why you're seeing this be made a such a big deal. Yeah. And I also think you are completely spot on on the fact that it's three teams that have been no hit twice, which is just every time it comes out of my mouth, I smile because I I can't believe that that's actually a thing that's happened, but it's three very poor hitting teams that have had this happen to them twice. As you said, you know, do this to a a lineup that is a lot more feared than those three. And I think you get a little bit more respect added to the no hitter, which is so ridiculous. I don't care. It's so hard. Think of all the pitchers that have been out there, all the great pitchers that have never thrown a no hitter. As you just said with Jacob DeGrom, He's never thrown a no-hitter before. Does it matter about what lineup he's going up against? No, no not not in my mind. It, it's you know how hard it is to stop, you know, someone from getting a base hit. So I it it really does bother me that people are trying to take kind of the shine off of these. But uh, again, it leads into the larger conversation of, of yeah. baseball as a whole, and I think that is totally fair game when discussing these no hitters me too we should definitely if there's going to be any devaluing it's on the offense not the guy who just so happens to be throwing to that team (laughs) I, i i firmly believe that the fact that no hitters are happening to the guys that they happen to this year as opposed to our stars in degrom cole kershaw etc is a feat in and of itself that shows Mm -hmm. how cool and how nearly impossible it is to throw a no-hitter. I guess I'll end on this. I'm just happy that they're not perfect games. Because if they, these were happening with perfect games... <laughs> if they came after our perfect games, yeah. I'll never forgive them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so curious to see how this is going to pan out. I mean, people on Twitter, literally, this morning I saw... Who's going to throw a no-hitter today? I'm going to yep. guess Rich Hill. Like, throwing out names just because it happened two days in a row. And now we have the liberty to say that, even though it will never happen again in my book. Yeah, it's it's wild. It, it has been a crazy Major League Baseball season so far. And yeah. you know what? I think we all needed that after last I was year. Just so it's, say... it's very exciting. I, I think let's be happy with the things that I've had, especially talking about no-hitters. And just remember where we were a year ago when there literally wasn't baseball. No baseball this time last year. Love that. Uh All right. So let's finish up with a segment that we haven't done the past few weeks because we had, we've had guests and and whatnot, but let's finish with who's hot, who's not. And then a series we're excited for next week. Perfect. All right. So I'll start things off with my who's hot. I usually like to stay away from them just because I, I like to spotlight other teams, but you know, I do have to mention the New York Mets, and you may say, why would they be your who's hot? Well, they're nine and nine and four in their last 13 games, and you may look at that as well and say, like, all right, that's good. That's that's not great. They're doing it with the most unbelievable lineup and roster you could possibly imagine right now. Their injured list right now consists of Jacob deGrom, Carlos Carrasco, Noah Syndergaard, Seth Lugo, Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, J.D. Davis, Luis Guillorme, Kevin Pillar, Albert Amora, and I'm positive I'm forgetting some as well. So I basically just listed off half of a 26-man roster. You do that off the top of your head? 
I did do that off the top wow, of my head. Wow, that's impressive. Wow. Listen, they're, they're what I do when I sign off of work. Yeah, thank you. And they're sitting there right now at 20 and 17, top yeah. of the National League East. I, I think props have to be given. And it's to the role players. It's the Tomas Nitos backup catcher stepping in with big hits. It's Janeshwi Fargas, the starting center fielder of the Mets right now, that's collected a few uh, base hits and made some nice plays in the field. It's Khalil Lee, who has struck out in his first eight major league plate appearances, but has made some phenomenal plays out in the outfield. And above all, it's the bullpen, which has been completely locked down this season. Um, and uh, I give them my nod to who's hot because they should be losing a ton of games right now with what they're throwing out there. And they continue to find ways to win. I really like that. That do- It does deserve a lot, a lot of credit. And for somebody like, I mean, the Kevin Pillar injury, the uh, yes. Albert Amora. Albert Amora only- ran into Yeah, a only a yeah. couple of weeks ago. He And those were the guys that, we're making the Mets hot when it was just JD Davis and Brandon Nimmo. And now it's guys mm-hmm. that legitimately I have never heard of before. Who was the guy that started in center field? What's his yeah, name? Yeah, it's great. No, so, the, so the Mets starting outfield with, uh, with Dom Smith out uh, at, or at first base yesterday was Cameron Mabin, who they traded oh, yeah, who for, they just one, picked up. for $1, $1, $1 to the Chicago Cubs. I'm not exaggerating. They traded $1 for him. Janeshwi Fargus and Khalil Lee was their starting outfield yesterday. They did lose to the Braves on a walk-off home run for Acuna. The but, fact that it I was mean, a walk-off, though. Oh they came God. back to take the lead <laughs> in, the, in the seventh inning. <laughs> like, it, it really is incredible what oh, they're doing man. with guys that are AAA players at best right now. So it's um, I, I say hats off to them. I didn't even know Khalil Lee was coming up. That's actually a pretty big deal. He's not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's not supposed He's nowhere near ready. Um, to be up, but they just need warm bodies at this point oh to be able God. to play the outfield. So, Poor Cameron, maybe he's, he's worth more than one dollar. Treat him better. Uh, yeah, I've, apparently the Cubs did it for a dollar just because they didn't want to stand in his way and they had yeah. to trade him for oh, something. Oh, that is so funny. Oh my God. Yeah. And wow. he was the three hole hitter for the Mets yesterday. Oh, that way. is good so, stuff. See, I that, can't follow I, that I up. We should have, we should have ended it right there. <laughs> I should have saved them for last. Yeah, that is absolutely. I mean, Patrick Mazika is old news right now, right? Uh, what Patrick Mazika done was is old news compared to everything you just said. But <laughs> that is so cool. I was it's an incredible say, stretch. Yeah, I was gonna say the Rays are hot because they're eight and two. Their pitching's finally there. Randy yes. Rosarena's back. It's heating up. We still haven't even seen Wander Franco, but that just pales in con- in comparison to what the Mets are doing right now. That is so cool. As you said, Tampa's on fire right now, yeah. and they, that American League East is going to be so much fun oh, to yes. watch with four teams that are really going to be going at it. So, All right, so this is my question for you that I mentioned at the yeah. beginning. What is the most interesting division in baseball? Oh, that is such a great thing. So I remember going into the year, we were like, oh, I, I, you know, I felt really good about you – know, I felt really good about the American League Central yep. and kind of that, that White Sox-Indians race. I think the White Sox, in time, their quality is really going to show through and they'll be able to blow Cleveland away just with, with the hitting. So I put all of the divisions are fantastic right now. I, I, the NL Central, I think, is the Cardinals for sure. I'm talking in circles because I, I haven't even figured out which one I'm going to go with right now. <laughs> You're stalling. Uh, yeah, in all honesty, you know what? I'll go with the aforementioned American League East. Okay. Just because I, I think there are four teams that can truly compete for a, a division title there. Yeah, the reason I brought up the question is because the Twins are so abysmal. 
and the White yep. Sox are so good. And I remember the same thing you said that that was one of the best division matchups we had talked about along with the Dodgers Padres, which isn't nearly what it was made out to be as the aforementioned giants have a game lead over the Padres for the NL West. The Cubs have, have really taken it. The Brewers are not as good as I expected them to be. The NL East is good as in there isn't much separation, but still barely any of the teams are over 500, which kind of puts Uh that a notch down. The AL West is basically what I expected it to be. Oakland, Houston, the two-team battle. I mentioned AL Central. It's the AL East, and it's a runaway for me. Wow, we agreed. Nice. It has to be. I I mean, of course, it's still going to come down to – Dodgers Padres at this point, maybe for a wild card spot. I'm still, that was I my, said that my second choice was the yeah, West. It, it definitely still is up there. And I think as the Dodgers get healthy and the Padres get healthy, honestly, that becomes more of a thing down the stretch, but the AL East is literally a toss up for the four spot right now because yep, everybody why. is so close. The, with the, with the win on Thursday, the Rays are now a half a game behind the Red Sox for first place. This is going to be a great race. It, it really is. The Yankees are playing much better baseball right now. Uh, we so we talked all about the Blue Jays last week with, yeah. with Lucas Weiss. Uh, it was this is going to be a great race. Uh, we've we've discussed you know the Red Sox really overperforming and it turned into one of the better teams in baseball. I this it's going to be so exciting, especially as things heat up, as teams get healthy. The Yankees get Stanton back. The Blue Jays get Springer back. And, you know all, all that. It, it's going to be great to watch. Yeah. And I really feel like we're at the point where. I'm not comfortable saying overperforming anymore. I that's why I paused and said we're it made one of the better teams in baseball because I agree right? with you. Because yeah. they they've just been performing. It's not overperforming yep. or underperforming. No. We have a how many games have they played? Uh, They're at a little over forty, right? Yeah, like, like 40, 44, I think is what the Red Sox are at. That's a a serious sample size, you know, we're, we're past yeah. Pat's mark, which I felt like was the tail end of things. I was way earlier than you, as you remember, <laughs> Yes, you were. <laughs> but we're, I mean, as we, as we reach the 50 game mark, that's serious. And teams are, are kind of where they are. I mean, what's it going to take for the twins to come back and compete for an AL central title? If you think of it as mm. the, the polar opposite, it's going to take nothing short of a miracle. We, we know what happened yeah. with the Nats, but I think that is the, extreme outlier the the twins are 14 and 28 it's going to take some crazy things happening for for them to be back in it we're at we're at the end of may things are things are really real and i love that yeah i i completely agree it is definitely time to start buying what we are seeing out there right for my who for my who's not uh, i'll make this one very quick just because it's who we've discussed and, and it's just easy i i say this because it just shocks me so much and that is as you just said the minnesota twins yeah sitting there at an abysmal 14 and 28 and a lot of you know this lineup has been very good for for a couple years now and they basically brought back the same cast of characters and they have all pretty much underperformed other than nelson cruz because of course because of Obviously. course not nelson cruz <laughs> and byron buxton was you know the hottest hitter on the planet until he got injured as well. I think that's so disappointing. And, you know, looking at the pitching side of things, Kenta Maeda has been very poor this season, which has, has hurt them to, you know, tenfold. Jay Happ, you know, is not going to give you that much. He's more of an innings eater. And Alex Colome has struggled coming out of the bullpen to, to close things out. I, I do think when you're talking about surprises where we are right now, the Minnesota Twins sitting there in last place, 14 games under 500, just might be the biggest surprise of yeah. this baseball season so far. 
Yeah, that was my pick too. And it's been the pitching for me because I think if yeah. Buxton was still there, Donaldson's been playing well. Like they have pieces. Yeah, on he came offense. back from injury. He's been fine. Yep. Yeah, th- that have been fine. I think their offense is fine. It's the pitching. And I think part of it is that expectations were so high. Kenta Maeda was so good last year. Jose Barrios was so good. And another thing is that both the Twins and the White Sox had such active off-seasons because this was going to be the juggernaut battle for the AL Central. And it has just, they've fallen flat on their face. I'm I'm looking at their ESPN page for war. Their pitching staff, the highest war on the Minnesota pitching staff is Michael Pineda. And he has a Yeah, he's pitching really well for them. 0.6 war. That's their ceiling. That is their best for Michael Pineda to have a team, a, a starter's best ERA at 279. That's not cutting it. And it's just been, it, they aren't even a shell of what they were last year or what they were two years ago. This is the Bama squad and they are mm-hmm. 14 games under 500. It's wild. It's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It's shocking to see them, them play this poorly for this long of a stretch. And as you said, you, I, I, listen, I don't think they're going to end up, you know, projecting out having twice as many losses as wins this yeah. season. But as you said, they have dug themselves such a hole that I'm not sure they're going to be able to dig themselves out of it. They're going to be sellers. Yeah. They're going to be sellers. I, I'm, they would have to do something crazy to be buyers at the trade deadline. And it's unfortunate because it felt like this was the last, the last move anyway. They signed Simmons to one year. They've got Cruz for only... Mm-hmm a couple of years this was it and they had the talent and it just didn't work out that was going to be my pick i'll say honorable mention to the angels who were dealt the worst blow in the entire world and mike trout's going to be out six to eight weeks is it a calf strain or a hamstring strain i can't remember off the top of my head i think it was a calf yeah it was as he was running the bases he said he felt something pop trout was talking about it as if he's never felt anything like this before which gave me a pit in my stomach as I watched that interview because Mm -hmm. he's so candid and he seemed to be in such pain, both actual pain, like it hurt him and also that he was going to be missing that much time. They were in a downward skid anyway. And now, I mean, there's no chance. Obviously they have Shohei Otani, which makes them still must see TV, but any playoff hopes they had are in the garbage can, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're done with with Trout probably missing upwards of two months at this point, too. At least they still have must-watch TV, as you said, in Otani. Yeah. Um, I'm just but, so sad that – I mean, this was Trout's MVP year, and it wasn't even going to yeah. be – well, actually, I mean, if Shohei Otani kept it, kept it up at this pace, I would have given him the MVP. Now it seems like it's his to lose, actually. Yeah, to, to your point, this this could pave the way for an Otani yeah, MVP. I hadn't, even, I hadn't even thought about that until right now. But, I mean, this was Trout's – best start to his career and he's been the best player in baseball for nine seasons and this was his best and to see that taken away it just sucks Sucks. yeah it's really disappointing terrible no it's listen the best pitcher on the planet and the best player on the planet are both injured right now yeah that's that's not good we talk about things good for baseball that is not good for baseball. no my fantasy team is hoping for degrom to come back soon as well we've been struggling (laughs) Uh, over there my my heart is hoping for degrom to come back yeah Yeah. and we didn't even i mean pat we did this entire podcast and we didn't even mention that albert pujos is a los angeles dodger that's old news right now and it it happened last weekend crazy and he, he batted cleanup for the dodgers this week 
what year is it? Please tell me. Tony LaRusa smiled somewhere in Chicago <laughs> when he saw that lineup. Oh my God. Way to bring it full circle. Love that. I try. I try. Uh, and then we'll finish up here with, with one series to watch next week. Uh, for me, I'm very excited to watch this. It's, it's the favorites in the central in my mind, St. Louis Cardinals taking on the Chicago White Sox in Chicago. I think Both this has potential centrals. to be an up. I think this has potential to be an awesome series. Uh, the Cardinals are rolling right now. You know, we, we know the White Sox have been off to a hot start. I, I think there is some potential for there to be a ton of fireworks in this series. We'll see what Tony LaRusa says next, um, <laughs> you know, and also managing against his former team. Bunch of cool storylines. So looking forward to that. Would you have said that matchup without the Tony LaRusa drama? I might have with, okay. you know, the, the records, the fact that it's two first place teams going against it, but the fact that LaRusso is going back to, or not even going back because it's still in Chicago, but managing against his former team, I, I yeah. think made it, made it uh, push it over the edge. For Good me. point. And I know I just completely devalued the word over or underperforming, but the Cardinals have <laughs> way overperformed in my mind this season. I did not expect I, their pitching staff to be this good. And then Nolan Arnato has been unbelievable. He's been must, must watch TV too. And Tommy Edmond is one of the most underrated players in baseball. Watching him play baseball is so pure. It's almost DJ LeMahieu level. I'm Nightmare to, to pitch it. to because he yeah. puts the ball in play. Exactly. LeMahieu is an awesome comp for him. So, so fun. I have uh, a, a series and then an honorable mention. My series is Dodgers, Dodgers Astros. And even though the Dodgers aren't even close to full strength, that is still just a, a juggernaut matchup. Of course, you've got the, the sign stealing remnants there. It's, it's in Houston, so it won't be the same. But Dodgers, Dodgers visiting Minute Maid Park, you still get the pitching matchups to see Kershaw, Bueller, etc. Bauer out there will be fun against two. I mean, it's, this will be a real test for the Dodgers rotation to go up against an offense like Houston too. And then my honorable mention, because we talked so much about the AL East, the Blue Jays are visiting the Yankees. And I think that's, that's going a to be series. a really important series for the Blue Jays to see how they match up. The Red Sox and the Yankees aren't playing each other till June or July. I actually think it might be July. The, the, Blue Jays and the Yankees, I don't think have played yet. It's mostly just been the Rays against everybody. The Rays got all their division play <laughs> in and nobody else has really seen each other. So I'm excited to see how the Blue Jays pitching staff does. I think that's still their Achilles heel. And if their offense can get on Yankees starting pitching. And also we're still getting a pulse on this Yankees offense. I still, every single day, go back and forth on if they're there, if they're not there, if they just stink or they're recovering. <laughs> I still don't know. I still do not know. Yeah, they need some help in the outfields. The uh, Aaron Hicks, Brett Gardner, Clint Frazier trio has uh, has really dragged them down. Uh, and Glaber Torres still hasn't really gotten going yet. So that they could use some help. And Brian Cashman is usually aggressive. So I would not be shocked to see them trade for an outfielder in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, all of a sudden, their need has turned up three six or one 180 actually pitching isn't really starting pitching has really leveled out and it's been the offense that needs I mean Brian Cashman needs to go out and get a bat tomorrow it is that yeah. desperate and to see a, a performance from Kluber like we did on Wednesday night I think that definitely everyone breathes a collective sigh of relief in the Yankees front office at least they don't have to worry about that right this second. <laughs> yeah yeah no the, the pitching has been better so that's a huge plus for them yeah, so we try to keep these walk-offs short, but we had too much to talk about. And we took a week off, and it was, was our first say. 
it was our first week off and I really missed recording. I felt like I had a lot to say on this one. <laughs> this basically supplements the, the, the weekly yeah, uh, exactly. podcast. So it feels like we didn't really miss too much then. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that'll do it for us then. Uh, so you can be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating as well as it really helps us out. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at did you hear pod, but otherwise we're baffling into the weekend. Let's walk it off. And Emma, that's a wrap.